TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Warning. The Outsider's Edge contains strong opinions, unconventional views, and contrarian stances. Listen, if you dare. Hey, yo. Another edition of the Outsiders Edge. Did you miss us? We I have, mean, they better miss us. We've been gone about a week, two weeks. It's been a couple. Two of weeks now. Yeah, we didn't do weeks. a show last week. Man, yes, but we are back. Um, as Mike Greenberg from from uh, ESPN would say, back in better than ever. But um, before we get any further, let me introduce my co-host, my illustrious co-host, Mr. Kyle Moore's the Cota to my Kenny. What's up, brother? Hey, how you doing tonight, sir? Um, hashtag bring Carl back. We yes. we still miss you, Carl. We still love you, Carl. And when you have time for us, we'll be here for you. <laughs> I feel like some Disney music should play in the background when we talk about Carl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, no, man. Yeah, so we've been out two weeks. Sorry about that. Uh, I have had some uh, pretty significant health issues, as is par for the course for me. But we're back. Um, so, in a, my God, so much has happened in this fucking week. So many things. Okay, so Uh, we're we're gonna talk evolution. We're gonna talk very, very briefly, Crown Jewel. We're gonna talk the big dog, Get Well Roman. But, uh, Kyle, you had something you wanted to point out to the listeners. Um, so, I mean, I'll start off with, you know, what we're all thinking. I'm not a very religious person, but my thoughts and all my love goes out to Roman and what he's dealing with. And we hope that you get well soon. Um, but a couple weeks ago, we started the show, everybody, with a reminder of why it is so incredibly important to go in and get your annual physicals, get your annual health screenings, because early detection for things like cancer are so important and this incredibly unfortunate situation with Roman is a really poignant example of exactly what we're talking about. This is a man in peak physical shape. This is a man who is a premier athlete. This is a man who was an all pro defensive football player when he got diagnosed the first time and was the WWE universal champion when he got diagnosed the second time. And he's under the age of 35. So it can happen to anybody at any time. Get your health screenings done if you can afford them. It saves lives. Uh, The big homie, well, he's not big, but uh, little JJ, Jerry, his, his catchphrase is, it takes lives to save lives. Facts. Yeah, man. Um, we, I do... So I, I, I um there was an episode of Chair Shot Radio this week because uh, of course me being sick, uh Platt is um working, so uh but I was able to guest on Ricky and Clive yesterday so I did get a lot of things that you guys might hear me repeat today but I do 
want to touch on on Roman with you, give you an opportunity to say uh, anything you feel about it or or, or whatnot. Um, yeah, please, the floor is yours. I mean, I don't have a whole lot to say that hadn't already been said. I will say that I turned into Monday Night Raw like I do every Monday for the most part, and at least gave the it the old college try. At least no, the beginning. every week I turn in and give it the college try, <laughs> and give it the opportunity to earn my viewership. And I heard the familiar theme, and I saw him come down to the ring in his familiar clothes, and I thought, all right, here's the typical champion talkie segment to start Raw. Going to probably promo this match that I don't care about at Crown Jewel. All right, let's go. And he starts talking, and then my jaw kind of hit the floor because I was like, what the fuck? Um. You know, I mentioned it a couple weeks ago. My mom battled breast cancer last year. So, like, you know, cancer sucks. Cancer's a bitch. Um, no, the most important ago. thing. Um, the most important thing is uh, 100% his health. And he's doing absolutely what's best for him right now. Um, I think what's unfortunate is that for so many people, it took something so serious to really appreciate Roman and step away from the fan angst. Um, you know, nobody's immune to criticism and I'm not going to sit here and say that like all the criticisms that were ever laid, um, thrown at Roman Reigns were unvalid because I've made plenty of criticisms about Roman and the way that his character was handled. Mm -hmm. But I at least would always preface those claims, and I know a lot of people would, with the fact that none of that should be personal, because he's just a man doing his job. And if you don't like the way that he's portrayed, that's not because he's a bad person. And nobody deserves to have to go through something terrible like leukemia. Let alone twice. Let alone twice. Not, not to mention... Uh, this is about the same time last year that Rosie died, his brother, and his uncle, Samu, is dealing with stage four liver cancer. The annoys are going through it right now. Well, and I will say this, though. It does make certain things that you always kind of wondered a little bit in terms of, like, Roman's cardio in the ring. He always seemed tired faster than some of the other stars not to say that he couldn't go he could always go yeah but always looked physically exhausted and for the record for the record i i, I don't dislike the guy but you know me and him have had me and him have had our spats over the years i, I highly respect him but we've had our spats but mr tito from lop that has been one of his biggest criticisms he's always for said years. that he doesn't for think years. he's car he's cardio he's he's has the cardio of a top star, better yet, let it, let alone a wrestler. I never believed it. I thought it was selling, but turns out it was real. It was real. But it also, and it also explains a little bit of like why there was that gap between the end of his football career and the start of his wrestling career, two where years. he, yeah, that like big two year gap where he would have theoretically still been in peak physical condition and all that. What was he doing for that time? And well, why, now we know. And why did he get cut from the NFL? Because yeah, he was clearly and, good enough. And now we know, well, he was dealing with a very, very serious medical condition. Yeah. Um, um, you said something real quick. I wanna, I'm going to get back to you, but you said something real no, quick. No, go ahead. You said something about um, we, that we, we didn't... We didn't so, 
you said it, and it's true. We we haven't appreciated him as a fan base like we probably should have. Um, the Masked Man, David Shoemaker, who is one of the premier wrestling writers on the internet, um, he wrote a column, of course, on The Ringer directly after Raw. And I, and I want to read this paragraph to you uh, as I've sent it to a lot of people. And it's the most pointed paragraph, I think, about Roman so far. That's not from a wrestler. Cause like Alistair Black had me in tears and all the, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, he says, authentic as it may be, Reigns' departure is now part of the story too. Quote unquote, Roman Reigns fights leukemia, the WWE wrote in his press release. I want to make one thing clear, Reigns said in the ring. By no means is this a retirement speech because after I'm done whipping leukemia's ass, I'm coming back home. When and if Reigns comes back, he'll be the conquering champion that WWE always saw him as. I don't mean that to sound snide at all. He's long deserved the role he was cast into, but WWE's insistence upon him hurt his stock. This is the point I want you to listen to. You could see the crowd, you could see the realization watching over the crowd during his speech. They had been so caught up in the meta storyline of Roma's ascent that they were willfully blind to the fact that they were witnessing greatness. Now life has wrenched the storyline out of WWE's hands. It changes everything about the entirety of Reigns' career so far, and it cha- and it changes everything about his future in or out of the ring. You know something that will really always make that promo infamous beyond the content of it? That was his best promo because that was the most authentic that that man has ever sounded. And it was because he, well, yeah, it's because he was being real. And one of the biggest criticisms about his promos for years has been how canned and scripted they sound Mm -hmm. and how inauthentic it comes across. And seeing that authenticity and seeing how engaging he is as his authentic self, that is a Roman Reigns I'd like to see more of when he's recovered from what he's dealt with. But I also think that's part of the reason why we loved him in, in the, why we loved we loved and love him in the Shield, because Romans always felt comfortable when he's with Roman when he's with Seth and Dean, even in promos. Roman's best promos have usually been either towards Seth or Dean or with Seth or Dean. And I'm not even just talking about like little blurbs, like him and him and Dean backstage bullshitting or the three guys when they're laughing and joking or they're doing their GoPro videos in the back. Like they, he seems comfortable there. And I'm not saying he doesn't seem comfortable in the ring because he seems truly comfortable with the situation, but you could tell he was trying to be, I don't want to say someone he was, he's not, but he was saying something that he wouldn't necessarily say, whereas other top guys like Bray or Dean or Seth or AJ or even Brian, they sound like they're, well, AJ now, notwithstanding, <laughs> like last year and on. Right yeah, now, different. yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. Let's be real, okay? AJ Styles was a good talker for like a five-year stretch of a 20-year career. Like, now, that's not to say that AJ is not an amazing wrestler and an all-time great, like, because he is both of those things. He is. But, like, AJ was never a good talker. There's a reason he was part of Christian's coalition and Christian wasn't part of AJ's crew. Oh, oh, AJ tagged with Tomko because Christian was the superstar, yes. 
AJ was Tomko's sidekick. Yeah. Not just tagged with Tomko. Yeah. Was Tomko's sidekick. Yeah. Shout out to Tyson Tomko, the problem solver. Um, Shout out to Tyson Tomko, the drug addict. Oh, good point. I forgot about that. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> but the, the guys, the guys I all mentioned, um, all, and those I'm talking about, like the current top guys, all mm-hmm. when they speak, even if it's written by Vince or Dunn or Hayes or they find Ryan a way Wood. to make it authentic. It Samoa Joe like finds it. a way to make anything they give him sound like some some real shit. Some Joe shit. Sound like some Samoa Joe shit. Yes. It, it, and Roman never got a chance or found the way to do that. 90% of the time he didn't. I mean, there's his 10% where he knocked it out the park. But, um, so yeah, and that was a very valid criticism of his. I've never had an issue with criticisms. My issue has been, two. my issues are two, two, two things. Number one, I've had issues with the people who can't separate fiction from real life. Like, you can hate Thanos, but Josh Brolin ain't got shit to do with Thanos. You know what I'm saying? But people attack this man. People find, I mean, the reason he left, the reason he stopped coming to the crowds is because there were generational slurs at him and physically hurting him. Go back and watch WrestleMania 31 when he came down the crowd. It was brutal to watch. They were they were literally pushing and, and pulling the shit out of him. And not like, As not always, like Michael Jackson. Ignorant ass people got to ruin shit for everybody. I'm saying. And the second thing is, I spoke to this a bit on Ricky and Clive. I don't really want to get onto it here because I've had time to think, reflect, and calm down. I'm not as emotional about it as I was because you will be hard-pressed to find very many people on the internet who have a platform. I don't have a big one, but some type of platform like I have that have had to stick up and wanted to stick up for Roman as much and as willingly as I have. It'd be, it'd be hard for you to find more people than that, than me. This is true. Um, So I was emotional. Very. Still am. But it bothers me that people feel the need to have to qualify. Well, I didn't like Roman. I didn't like his... I didn't. I didn't like his character, but bro, just wish the man well. It's not about that right no. now. Just wish the man well. Who gives a fuck about how you felt about his character? Wish the man well. That's all that matters, you know. But that's your that's that's your way of saying well. He's uh, just like when the, when he announced that. And shout out to the crowd because I want to give them all the credit in the world for realizing it was real and giving the man the respect and the reverence he deserved. A hush fell over that crowd real fast. Instantly. And I'm so thankful because there's there's some crowds out there, high Chicago, that would have shit on him. High Pittsburgh. High Pittsburgh, yeah. High Philly. Um, But anyway, uh, I appreciate that. But when he said, uh, you know, my name is Joe and I've been battling leukemia for 11 years, one idiot still screamed, you still suck! Those and for all the, speaking of that, for all the people out there who like are insinuating that this is a work, like Vince McMahon has done some fuck shit. Don't get me wrong. Yep. Vince has done some fuck shit. But like there's a line somewhere in the sand and I'm pretty positive faking a cancer diagnosis to get a performer cheered is way across that line of zones we don't go into. I don't think anybody would go through that zone. And I mean, there's somebody that I'm sure that would, but yeah. If this were 19 if this were like 1997, I might could believe that they'd fuck that shit. Further back? But like 
remember Sandman when he got when he got the fireball. Oh no, guy. if we're talking ECW, I'd believe anything. Yeah, like if we're talking ECW, yeah. I'd believe that man up didn't leave his house for two weeks. <laughs> yeah, so, so I mean, like, but no, no. Talking, like, but, but that's also twenty years ago. Yeah, we're getting old, y'all. Yeah, we're getting old. In twenty eighteen, where ESPN covers wrestling, nah, bro, yeah. nah, and they have Sports Illustrated covers wrestling. They're, You're trying to be on the Fox network and be nationally broadcast? Nah. There are there prominent entertainment and sports media outlets are hiring wrestling writers, wrestling journalists. Nah, dog. That, that that's not happening. It's not a fucking work, y'all. But like, again, not that, people are joking about. That goes to that goes to what I was saying. Some people hate Roman so much that they feel like Vince would do anything to get him over. And they just cannot, they can't separate the fact that he's just a fucking character. That's why I love the way he started the pro, the promo. Not not just him saying, um, you know, that I'm a liar. I told you I wanted to defend this belt, this, that, and that, but I can't do that, this, and that. But I love the fact that he said, my real name is Joe. And he was like, I need y'all to fucking understand. This ain't Roman Reigns right now. This is Joe. This is Leah T. Joseph Annoy talking. Yeah, that, that real man's name is actually Leah T, but that's another conversation. I mean, you know, he Anglicanized it because he didn't want to deal with the fuck shit. Just like he Anglicanized his eyes? <laughs> <What's>... Yo, man, <laughs> light-skinned privilege. I'm saying, man. Um, so, uh, the of course, the only natural conversation to move to next is... Uh, Seth and Dean. How do we fill the we'll void? Get to, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. I want to talk Seth and Dean real quick. Because, number one... That was some beautiful shit. Like, no. it was tragic, but that was some beautiful shit, man. Well, I could said, watch Seth and Dean fight for the end of time. Like, I really could. Well, yeah, right. I, 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 want, I want to talk about... We're going to talk about... We're going to talk about that real quick. I just want to touch on them coming out and their embrace and how I cried like a fucking baby because I'm the biggest show mark out here. Um, but that was, that was, that's okay, man. Seth cried like a fucking baby because it's okay to have feelings and it's okay for a grown man to cry. Oh, I ain't, trust me. I ain't got no shame in crying. Um, oh, I'm saying that more so to the listeners too. Cause like, it's okay for a grown man to fight, to cry y'all. Like that's much, okay. Yes. It's, it's, it's actually, it's actually masculine to cry. And because. cathartic sometimes. Like, when Very you found cathartic. out that your best friend is battling leukemia again, but you didn't it know. is totally acceptable to immediately cry. So I'm, And I'm sure Seth and Dean were going through their minds thinking, these past six years, man, this dude probably has done some weird things. You know? And, let me, and I'm going to point to point one thing in particular. They always I watch the, uh, the ride-alongs. The one with Roman and and Dean, and then the one with the, all the shield, and they're joking that oh, the big dog always got to sit in the back because he's always tired trying to go to sleep. There's a reason for that, you know. And they were joking about it like it was just a a character quirk, but man, like you know what that what that man's body is doing right now. But um, yeah, in that moment, which is probably of of all my years watching wrestling, is gonna be one of the most replayed memories in my mind ever from iconic for sure iconic for sure when they when they when they embraced they did the shield pose and then they embraced again uh that wasn't roman seth and dean that was joe john and colby and it goes to show you in the outpouring of love that every 
not only every wrestler, but every wrestling organization, other other sports figures. The Garden has his picture on the marquee. On the right marquee, now. Yo. you know what I'm talking about? Like, and yeah. I'm sure some of that definitely is grandstanding for some of the like organizations. But with these wrestlers and the people that know him, it's real. Read what they're saying. Well, and with the wrestling promotions, it's real because sure. like they know what he means to that industry. Like New Japan knows that without people like Roman Reigns, ain't twenty thousand people filling up the garden for them. Absolutely, absolutely. And just further but, reason why, and again, this is this is probably Salty Rance talking. When people questioned why did Roman get the push. Maybe he deserved it. Look at all the people who say that not well, only was he the top guy, not top guy, but the rock. What's the telling room is leader. the people that that's that's what's telling. What's telling is the people who all these people who have, are either not some still with the company, some not still with the company, but the number of people who said the same thing. He was the leader of the locker room. He was our leader. He was one of the leaders. He was the guy in the locker room. Like that's that means a lot. What he did for Alster, when Alster, who's been wrestling longer than Roman has, was trying to pay his dues and get water and fold clothes, and he grabbed him and said, don't do that shit no more. You belong here just as much as the rest of us. Like, that, he didn't have to do that. Or how he's personally made every single cruiserweight feel like they're a part of the roster. Or how he's gone out of his way to make the women. Which is nice, because WWE damn sure ain't gone out of their way to make cruiserweights feel like the roster. He's done more than Vince and Paul have done. <laughs> but yeah, I just it's I just wanted to point that out that it's that I think some people people thought he didn't earn a spot. People thought he got a spot because he looks good and he's the Rock's cousin. Very clearly, since FCW, they've known that man he was, was very special. respected. Yeah, he was special. yeah, like yeah. He, Eli Drake says it goes all the way back to FCW. Yes, y'all. he has a lot of the from what I'm reading and seeing, and I believe this myself. A lot of the qualities <laughs> that Taker has. Well, you don't say that again. Oh, I said I was just saying shout out to Eli Drake because your company may suck, but you don't. No, you don't, but your company absolutely does. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, and people in your company still believe that your company sucks. Shout out to Austin Aries. I'm sorry. Shout out to the Promise Ring. Um, Wait, I thought he was a. I thought he was not with the company no more. I don't know what they're doing. According to the Canadian Destroyer. I'm. I'm saying, have you ever heard of a little Petey Pump man? Have you ever heard of a Petey Williams podcast before that day? Lil' Petey Pump says he's not with the company no more. So, yeah. So, <laughs> so Seth and Dean and what they did, um, Lee, I guess, leads into the topic of how did they fill the void. How do you fill that void, man? Um, how do you fill that void? So, I think it's not coincidental that Dean and Seth break up at the same, the same night because you got to – you're going to need a babyface star, and uh, you can't have Dean and Seth together if you need one of them to be the singles babyface guy. Sure, and they turned Braun back, which I would have had a problem with had I not known had I not known about Roman. Oh, please let Braun beat Brock. Please let Braun beat Brock. Please, please let please. Braun beat Brock. Eight, tw- eight pounds, 12 ounce baby Jesus. <laughs> please. Um, please. Oh, uh, no. Brock Lesnar. By the way, have I I, I want to note, have you noticed that uh Seth destroyed the shield because of for fame and for fame and ambition? Dean destroyed the shield because of a broken heart. I saw that. Like But that's... think think about think about 
like everything. Remember, remember this. Dean and Roman have never had beef. Yeah, they they feuded for like a a couple weeks, but they even when even when they were fighting, it was always I'll get the beers after whoever loses. I mean, you know, you know, my raw watching is very intermittent, sir. So like, I don't have as much of the historic context as you. Oh, I can I can, um, I can tell it all. I, but I, I mean, yeah. I just know. I just know that I could watch Dean Ambrose versus Seth Rollins till the end of time because that is an iconic rivalry. Yeah. Ambrose Rollins, Zayn Owens, and New Day Usos are on some Fight Forever shit. Yeah. Speaking of tag teams, like, that's another void we got to fill. But, like, we'll get to that in a second because, y'all, the Raw tag team division is still a dumpster fire. The, uh... The credible teams they got are falling apart. That division is still a dumpster fire. Oh, but no, but AOP's gonna come and and destroy Seth because they're gonna make him. Corbin's gonna make Ambrose and Rollins defend against AOP. Ambrose isn't gonna show up clearly. Seth's gonna get destroyed by AOP. New champs, and we're gonna have dominant champs just like the Bludgeon Brothers a few months ago. We're gonna have dominant champs in a division full of scrubs. And geeks. Who, so who do you think they'll build up to face uh, AOP first? Because that's, that's the consummate geeks. The consummate geek squad that is the revival. Are they gonna be babies? Or who the fuck knows? <laughs> Does it really matter at this I'm point? I'm glad you didn't say the raw. Because that's what you're going to say. <laughs> the raw tag division is such trash that it doesn't even fucking matter at this point. Who? Because here's the thing: if it's not them, it's the B team. Because who are the other tag teams? Fandango's still hurt, so Breezango ain't shit right now. Heath Matt Hardy had to retire, so Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy ain't shit right now. Heath and Rhino, and let me tell you, and, and, and again, I know that they're, they're I know they're geek squads. I understand that, but just, I'm just talking from a booking standpoint. WWE, WWE often doesn't do things on on everything they do is is calculated. Now they might change their mind, but they did everything for a reason. Remember a couple of weeks ago, right before the Battle Royal. Um, where uh, the Conquistador one is Kurt Angle one is the Conquistador uh, he's went up to Cor- to Corbin and said I want to be in I want an opportunity like you suck no I feel like something's brewing and they want to do something with Heath Slater even if it's just get him on TV more or something and in fact I'm going to tell you this I wouldn't be shocked and I'm fantasy booking now I wouldn't be shocked if Rhino say Rhino turns on him and he teams with, with Kurt Hawkins, and they pull. Oh, you mean him and Gender aren't gonna get back together? Oh no, no, no. Gender's on Gender's on the Shanti shit. Mm-mm. Man, you know, you know what Heath's biggest mistake was? Being Not Ginger? getting fired. Oh. <laughs> because no, listen, Gender and Drew got fired, and they came back, and they got pushes. Heath never got fired, and his ass is still in the basement. <laughs> With the, the rest though. of the geeks. As as Jalen Rose says, he keep getting them checks, though. Yo, I mean, he cashes a fat check to catch that ass whooping. Mm-hmm. Somebody's um, got to catch it. So this is this is how I'm kind of seeing the void, if you will. I'm seeing... Brian oh, no, Drew. it's a void. Like, let's make no mistake about it. That's no, a legitimate no, no. void. Because, like, that. if you think about the top of the card, like, granted, I, I know I don't watch Raw like everybody else does, but if you look at the top of the Raw card for the last year and a half, it's been, it's been three Roman. people, Braun, Brock, and Roman. And if Roman's gone and Brock is hopefully Jesus let him be gone, 
then that means you got Braun and ain't shit else. You no, can I, promote I, Seth and Dean at any time, sure, yeah. because they're Seth and Dean. But outside of that, like, there's a bit of a void, and a lot of the guys on that roster have some credibility issues. So I didn't mean that from a negative standpoint. I meant, I meant, okay. So let me, yeah, let me let me correct that. The void. Um. So I'm gonna throw some ideas out here. You tell me what you think. I think All very right. clearly, uh, assuming Braun wins. Which is the fair assumption. Uh, we're gonna go Braun Drew. Yeah, that's probably a thing. Okay. Um, and I will say this before we do some of these other scenarios: if nothing else, nobody can blame Roman for the product anymore because oh, he's fixed yeah. to be gone for a long time. So yes. if you still got some problems with the way they're booking that shit, you can't blame Roman, y'all. It's so fucked up. But from a career standpoint. Is, is it is it fucked up for me to think that this might be the best thing that could have ever happened to him? It could prove all. It could prove that a lot of the criticisms were unvalid, unfounded. Because if, like, for example, if live gates and shit continue to decrease, then that ain't had shit to do with Roman Reigns and never did. I want you to understand something. I'm normally I'm not. I don't like to be the guy that said I told you so, but I will be unfathomably bad. If all the stuff that I said was going to happen, happened, <laughs> and everything that I've been telling y'all for four years, my God, you won't be able to shut the po- In fact, I love you. I love you, man. I love you. I love Carl. But it's going to be a solo podcast probably for a while. Because it's going to be two hours of me telling y'all. I fucking told you. Talking shit about it. Oh, my God. It's going to be horrible. Rich has been keeping receipts for, like, years, y'all. Just waiting. And why are you joking? Kyle knows me too well. I'm the type that keeps the receipts. I'm the type. I I I have a very petty side. Yes, I do. Um. So of course we got so Braun Drew and Seth and Dean are the ones that's set in stone, right? Yeah, those are the foundational feuds for a little bit going forward. I am actually personally looking forward to Finn Lashley, especially considering how if you listen to the commentary. At least somebody's looking forward to Finn Lashley. I am for for two reasons. A heel Lashley with the manager is a Lashley I can get behind. And anytime they use utilize Finn, actually utilize him, I can get behind that. Leo Rush is doing his job well because I hate this little motherfucker. There you go. I want to throw him like a fucking lawn dart. Mm-hmm. Like, when I'm sitting there watching this match that should be good because it's two guys that can go in the ring, and every five seconds he's screaming Lashley's name, I just want to reach through the screen and, and just, like... Kick his ass in the face. Yeah, absolutely. So he's doing his job. So he's doing his job. Like, props we, to you. You have made me never want to see you on television. And we care about Lashley more than we ever cared about him. At least in, on his return back. And Finn being the consummate babyface, Lashley being able to be the bully that he can be with a with an incessant and and, and incessant manager. It works. And if you listen to the to the uh, commentary. When Finn came out, and by the way, God bless Finn and Lashley for having to come out after the Romans. For, for having to follow that up oh and having to keep their shit together while they and, follow that up. And you can see Finn's face as he was coming out. He was trying to smile, but he was like, "This, I, I'm not here. That's why the match was so, so, so probably was so small. So short, I mean. Um, but, um, no. Um, no, the they, match was short because, of course, the geriatric old folks home had to take up a half an hour of the show again this week. No comment. 
So, because <laughs> you know that shit was trash. <laughs> I plead the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> I plead the fifth. Trash. Um, I uh, it is funny how they tr- they address the fact that people think they're old, and this is just a nostalgia act. I appreciate it that they addressed it, but we'll talk about that. I'm sure. <laughs> no, we won't, because you know I have nothing good to say about that. You're probably right. We probably won't talk about that. Yes. <laughs> um, but they said about Finn that he's he feels like he's let his fan base down because he hasn't been as successful as they want him to be or he wants to be, and he he's he's kind of refocusing himself. And you notice he didn't come out with Bailey. It wasn't no play play shit. It was serious. Fi- I mean, it was GQ Finn. But it was serious GQ fan. I mean, you know, if you look like a GQ model, you should just rock that shit. I mean, that coming from my gay brother, that's that's fair. I mean, yo, Finn wants to do his Versace thing or whatever the fuck you want to call that. Like, whatever. Do you, man. I am mad at that, but you know what? I could I could appreciate and go without having him put his dick in my face every time he comes out. I mean, you know, I'm not asking for that either. Like, personally, but, like, you know, do you, Finn? Do you? At least you're getting on TV every week. There Amen are a lot of that. people that aren't getting TV every week. Amen to that. And and we call them the what? The Geek Squad. There we go. So Catching that ass whooping. Catch that ass whooping. The beginning. <laughs> that's, by um, the way, that's a t-shirt coming. Coming to, coming to a shop near you. So do you think the apparently face now Elias is going to get some kind of anything push a lot yes definitely well, is he actually gonna wrestle now well corbin's gonna make him oh corbin's gonna make oh that's why they're doing this okay yeah um all right you know what whatever like i don't necessarily want to see corbin in the ring right now because of the way that he's wrestling but like that theme song is fire so whatever absolutely and Oh, more Elias is not a bad thing. Elias is good in the ring. Oh, no, I'm good with Elias. Like, Elias knows how to get the crowd engaged. Everybody loves to scream "What uh, walk with Elias, and um, he knows how to work a match. I'm curious to see if he'll change his style up any as a face and do less of the chin locks. That's because, a lot of pe- because a lot of people feel like he just, that's all he knows how to do. It's like, no, y'all, like, if my goal is to make you not want me to win, then I'm just going to wrestle the most boring style possible. But people don't understand. That's the same reason Randy Orton's done a million chin locks and Baron Corbin's done a million chin locks. They don't understand wrestling. Um, here's my wild card. I'm about to t- I'm going to tell you the guy who's about to come back and be pushed not to the moon, but have a very significant push. Bray Wyatt. Yo, I'm down. I'm down. I'm it's a day hard. one Bray Wyatt mark, so like I'm down. Not only is it he's is been it, he's been giving them cryptic tweets. Yes, he's been gone long enough. He's been giving them cryptic cryptic tweets, and I, again I keep referencing this because it's it was probably the best I think the best anecdote written. But Alistair Black mentioned um, that the four locker room leaders were Roman Reigns. Roman, Bray, Seth, and Finn. Finn. And I believe that because Bray Bray has a lot of respect from his peers. Well, Bray's a second generation. No, third generation. Third. Third generation wrestler. His, you know, father was very successful. His uncle was probably more successful than his father. 
his uncle was more successful than his father, but like I have a sentimental place in my heart for IRS because I'm a million dollar man, Mark. So like, that's fair. That's fair. You know. And shout out to Mike Rotunda for having all of his kids look just like him. Yup. That man has some strong DNA, bro. Yup. Even his daughter looks just like him. Yup. Um, but hey, so if that if that's my four if, if those are my four foundational feuds, talking about. Braun Drew, Elias, Corbin, uh, and even if it's not fighting Corbin, Elias and the authority, if you will, mm-hmm. um, Seth Dean, and Finn Lashley, and you give me Bra- uh, Bray coming back, AOP running roughshod over the tag division, and then you give me Ronda and give me like two good women's feuds, I think Raw can manage. I have a question. Speaking of people who are out on Raw. Um, I know Kevin Owens has a knee injury and he had like surgery, but what kind of knee injury? Are we talking torn ACL kind of knee injury? Are we talking like meniscus? Are we I talking arthroscopic? I don't know what the injury is, but from what I read, it's six to eight months. Okay, so that's a ligament. Yeah. That's a ligament. Okay. Yeah, um, so him and him and, and, and boy, they could use Kevin and Sammy right now. Um, yo, Kevin and Sammy might be due back at the same time now. But I, but if they, if, even if they are, hold Sammy off. Because Kevin has to come back as a face, and Sammy has to come back and be like, what the fuck you doing, bro? I, I need to see them with the roles reversed. Oh, I mean, yeah. I, I need I need grumpy grandpa Sammy Zayn to be, like, a thing again. I'm oh, all for man. Sammy coming out with his fucking reading glasses and unfolding the notes. Like, <laughs> all I need is for him to have a fucking handkerchief. That he keeps in the front pocket of that jacket. And he wipes the glasses with. <laughs> yeah. After he breathes on them and then offers you a rolling. Oh, so you want him to go full on old person. <laughs> you want well, him, you, it works. To, you want him to keep the uh, the strawberry candy nobody could ever buy from yeah. a store in his pocket? Yeah, the Werther's Originals. Where do you buy them? Do you buy them at a store? I, I've never seen them in a store. I don't know. I'll ask my dad the next time I talk to him. He's an old man. <laughs> Who has oh, those candies? Man. I ain't even bullshitting you. What do you do with Dolph? Do you keep uh, Drew and Dolph together and just let it be Drew and Dolph against Braun? I have Drew fuck Dolph shit up. I don't think it's going to happen yet. I don't think it will either, but that's what I would do just because like, I don't necessarily care about either one of them. So if it's two people I don't care about, <laughs> have them beat <laughs> each other up. Two birds, one stone. That's fair. Yeah. Put them That's all, fair. put them together. Put them together. So um, I want to transition this into evolution because I was going to ask Speaking you. Speaking cards with a bunch of matches I don't care about. Well, we'll talk about that. We'll definitely <laughs> talk about that. Which is not to say that I'm anti all women's pay-per-view because I do no. not want it to come across that I am against an all women's pay-per-view. I would mark hard for a well-booked all women's pay-per-view. This is a moderately booked all women's pay-per-view so with a really really strong main event so the, the problem is the timing of course the problem is the lack of real promotion and the problem is that it's the first of its kind you're going to be stuck in the nostalgia loop so well and part of having the problem- to fill everybody in is rough when you can't just say i'm going to book the best matches i gotta book Trish and Lita, I gotta book this person, I gotta book, book Nikki, I gotta book, you know what I'm saying? It's difficult to say, give me the best shit. There's that, and part of the problem, going back to what you're saying with the timing, is 
We've been saying for a couple weeks now, too many shows all at once. And the reason this is a problem is because what happens is at least one of those shows ends up the forgotten about show. Yeah. And the show that they end up half-assing is this one because they're relying on that first ever women's show vibe to, get, to, to get carry everything. And it's sold out, so it's worked. And and I'm so happy that it's sold out. I'm so happy that it's sold out. There are a handful of matches on this card that I am very, very, very much looking forward to. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of matches on this card that I just don't give a flying fuck well, about. So there's your problem. There's not a lot of matches on the card. So <laughs> that's the problem. Because I, I guarantee you the next one will be better if for no other reason the Mae Young Classic and the uh, NXT title won't be online. Because as much as those probably might be the two best matches from an in-ring standpoint, they're killing... Because those matches are there, Ember and and, and Nia and Asuka and Naomi and Carmella, people like that can't have see, another match. No, see, I'm, I'm not going to argue that. I think you could still have those matches on the Evolution card, but... The reason the next one will be better is because they won't feel obligated to put all of the Hall of Famers in the show. So we won't have to have people like the in the main event. We won't have to have Trish and Lita in this tag team, whatever. We won't have to have all of the legends coming into the Battle Royal because they can be in the Royal Rumble instead because that's where legends go. Um, we won't have to have all of these things that we're doing because... This is the first ever women's show, and we've got to put all of these women who played such a huge part in paving the way before in right. it. But you're right. You're absolutely right. But you could also have done that still if you just kept a main roster. See, here's my problem with the NXT title match being on the show. I love Shayna Baszler. I like Kyrie Sane well enough. I this feud has run its course and I don't want to see it anymore. Well, this is this is the end of the feud. They're they're tied one and one, so it's 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 apropos. But here's the problem. Here's the problem. Kyrie Sane feels like a transitional champion in the worst way. It does feel that way. Yes, it does. She feels like the worst kind of because if you look at all of the women, if you look at all of the women below her, all of them are more interesting. Lacey Evans, more interesting. Bianca. Candice, more interesting. Bianca, way more interesting. Yeah. Like, all of them are more interesting. Mia's more interesting. Chelsea Green just signed. She's more interesting. Yeah. Io Shirai is in the Mae Young Classic. She's more interesting. Well, she signed, but yeah. Yes. Yes, but you know what I'm saying? Like, so many more, so many of these women that are below Kyrie are more interesting than she is. And so, like, her being champion, I'm just like, oh, okay. Well, you know, the pirate thing will get really over with the kids on the main roster, but, like, right now, I just don't care. No, you're right. I, I You're right. Because um, that gimmick, I still maintain that that gimmick will get over on the main roster with little kids because they'll mark for that pirate shit. Well, that and much, much like Emma, she can wrestle. So yes, she can. all no, the she ridiculousness can. of it will will you'll still feel you'll still be in, in interested in her because she can actually go. So that, you, uh, that elbow drop she does is beautiful. Yeah, it, it other than Dream is the best in the game I think right now. Absolutely, and hers is a better elbow, but Dream just gets so much air with his. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But uh, no, you 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 you're you're absolutely right. But I'm just I'm just saying that. So okay. Just, just thinking about it logistically, Shayna's gonna fight uh, Kyrie here, right? But we got Takeover 
Phoenix, not Phoenix. Um, War Games too. War is in LA this year. I couldn't remember where it was, but take over War Games in a month. So it's gonna be another women's title match. In the if you and I'm not saying NXT doesn't deserve the spotlight because Lord knows that's the best television on on WWE television right now. But Some of the best wrestling television period right now. You actually yes, it's probably the best. Um, New Japan might have better in-ring performances, but they have them. They have better storylines. We're gonna talk about that in a minute. Um, but uh, you keep that shit uh, NXT, and then you have the opportunity for two, three more matches with your talent, and you can still kill the proverbial two birds with one stone. Acquiesce your legends and put them in some matches that matter and might move the needle, and you still have a spot for people that deserve the spot. Carmella was the champ for damn near all year. And she's in a battle royal. She's gone right back to being what she was before, too. Like, well, because she's faced Carmella, and face Carmella always was another nobody. Spontaneous dance break. That shit's funny as hell, though. I came front. Oh, I, I mark for it every time. Mark for it every time. Um, But the reason I wanted to move to Evolution, of course, because it was the natural conversation to, to go there and not necessarily preview it, but break it down a bit. But um, also because as we're talking about the Void on Raw and what they can do to kind of build it and like the scope of it for the next few months. Give Ronda, more stories to the women. Give more stories to the women. And Ronda got to have a few next because I doubt any of us believe that Nikki's going to beat her. And the Bellas very surely aren't going to be there full time forever. And if they are, they're not going to be feuding with Ronda for a couple of months. Well, I have a prediction about that that I don't think will be necessarily popular for certain reasons. Okay. But that prediction is based entirely on card placement. Break it down. Okay. So for this prediction to be accurate, the NXT women's title match needs to be early in the show. It needs to be like the like the opening match. Because Which it might be. In my opinion, here's what's gonna happen. Kyrie Sane's gonna win that match, I believe. Because it is the blow-off to the feud, and Shayna's beyond that title at this point. Agreed. So Kyrie wins. Where I think it goes from there is we pull that old-school trope of badass performer beats the shit out of little performer and takes their spot in the Battle Royal. So, like, Shayna jump zones Dakota Kai because that's just appropriate and takes uh, Dakota's spot in the Battle Royal. It has to be Dakota. It's always Dakota. <laughs> Because it's just fucking appropriate. Like Edge uh, did with Kofi in, in the chamber. Like Tess did back in the day in the Royal Rumble. Like Was it the Royal Rumble or was it the... Uh, no, it wasn't the Royal Rumble. No, it, it wasn't was the, the Royal Rumble. It was the it Survivor was the, Series the Survivor, Battle Royal. The immunity Battle Royal, yeah. Yes, because he won a year's immunity, so you can't fire me, Stephanie. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, Shayna jump zones Dakota, takes her spot in the Battle Royal, wins the Battle Royal, and then chokes Ronda the fuck out after she beats Nikki. So, I'm here for that because I am 100% a Shannon Baszler fan. Here's the one devil's advocate of the situation. Shayna is so good and so potentially uh, big for WWE and having that vicious and legitimate of a heel, right? Who Who's had, like a way legitimate and more established wrestler than Ronda is right now. Because absolutely. she did all of that time on the indie scene. Yes, and she has real gravitas outside of wrestling. Yeah, Shayna Baszler has the gravitas, but Shayna Baszler is also a damn good pro wrestler. Absolutely. absolutely. So, so 
if you bring her up just to have her lose her first feud to Ronda, you kind of blow your load. I think Shayna's the type of person that you have to build up and let her make her mark. Not so necessarily make her mark, but let her prove how big of a bully she is. That's the problem when we call up the NXT people is we call them up expecting the main roster uh, audience to know everything about them. They're not going to know how big a bully Shayna is. They might not even know that okay. Shayna and Ronda know each other. Okay, I'll give you I'll give you an alternative. Okay. She chokes Becky the fuck out at the end of the last women's standing match. Now, I would like that too, but Becky's so good as a smart-ass heel. Yeah, but she can still be a smart-ass heel and go no. up against a badass. No, it's um uh as my boy Jadakiss said in why in, in the song why why Denzel had to be crooked before he took it. Becky had to be crooked before. Becky Becky flew to the performance center. Yo, Becky jump. is the best thing in the WWE right now. She I'm is, not even front. But she Becky is, is my un, WWE champion. She but she is unquestionably a a despicable Samoa Joe esque heel. There is no questioning it now. When you fly across country to jump somebody for no other reason than just cause? I mean <laughs> I feel like she did that weeks ago when she jumped this when she jumped homegirl in the middle of a fucking photo shoot. I'm saying Bitch is taking pictures with the title and Becky just fucks her shit up and holds the belt over. Take a picture with the champ. So I'm glad you when brought she that. told Edge to get the fuck out of her ring. I was yes. like, yep, that's my queen right there. I got All hail Rebecca Quinn. You can't really you can't kayfabe me anymore. I got old most of the time. Like I know I know it's a show. That pissed me off so much, I realized, damn, wait a minute, she's doing a good job. Because I was legitimate, I was, like, legit mad. I was like, you can't talk to Edge like that. It's Edge. She got did me. you just bring up his neck injury, oh, you, you heartless tell, wench? Did you tell a 13-time, 11-time world champ to get out of your ring? Oh, my God. Yeah, so Yo, she's doing he might job. be an 11-time champ, but who's the current champ? Becky Lynch. Um, speaking of that, so uh, my prediction for that match was Charlotte winning. And the reason I said Charlotte was going to win is because, just like we said, Becky has beat her ass from 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 uh, from sea to shining sea, dog. From, from, from the West Coast to the East Coast. From the Midwest to the Dirty South. She has jumped her. She's jumped at a photo shoot. She's jumped her backstage. She's jumped her at the Performance Center. Like So let me tell you why that Charlotte means she still out has like to that. lose. So let me tell you why that means she still has to lose. Charlotte still has to lose or Becky still has to lose? Yes. Charlotte still has to lose. Yes. Okay. Because conventional wisdom is we think they're building to Ronda and Charlotte at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. In that feud, who plays the antagonist? Charlotte. Obviously. Well, play- Hold on. Let me finish. Yeah, I'm sorry. Charlotte plays the antagonist because that's the natural role that she's good as fuck at doing. Sure. How do you turn Charlotte into an antagonist right now? You have Becky embarrass the shit out of her. And then you have her fucking snap on one of the girl geeks. That's how you turn Charlotte into an antagonist. That's how you pull that turn off. That's how you set the stage for winning the Royal Rumble and going over and trying to chin check Ronda Rousey. That could work. That actually could that that could work. I'd be here for it. Um, I don't necessarily think that. Char- I think Charlotte and Ronda are essentially going to be Hogan and Warrior. 
or Hogan and Savage in that you don't have to be a face. Can, yeah, can we do Hogan and Savage? Because I at least like Savage as a human being. Hogan and Warrior is two terrible people Fair fighting enough. each other. Fair enough, yes. <laughs> two faces. <laughs> okay, Rock and Cena, is that better? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I like both of them as people. They're both good people. <laughs> Dwayne. Yeah, I'm sorry if that offends you, but like Hogan and Warrior are both terrible humans. No, we so know this. We know this, that. yes. Um, yeah, yeah. So so Dwayne and Jonathan, yes. Um, <laughs> but yeah. in that in two super faces. Okay. And, and you can build it as the ultimate clash of the best. You know, basically what you wanted Charlotte and Oscar to be, but Oscar can't talk. See, you know, the conventional wisdom, I, this is one thing where, where I've always parted from the conventional wisdom. The conventional wisdom is that you can do baby face versus baby face, but you can't do two antagonists. Two baby faces going at it bores the shit out of me. Two antagonists going at it sounds intriguing as fuck to me. Yeah, but the, so, look, me and you agree with that in that premise. The problem with two antagonists is somebody got somebody has to get the sympathy. The premise of wrestling was built on good versus evil. That's the premise of re- that wrestling was built on. So somebody has to garner the sympathy. Unless you want to just have it a real-life sport where both of them is going to literally fight and whoever loses gets knocked the fuck out like MMA, then I think you could do it. But if you're going to tell a story with it, the only heel versus heel match... I can remember two heel versus heel matches in my lifetime that, that actually worked. That's Edge versus Orton, I think, on a Raw... The Raw after... Um, During the, the Raiders KO era? Yeah, the, and I can tell you when it was. It was the Raw after um, Cena and uh, Michaels did the 52-minute match. Man, I wish Edge hadn't had such a fucked-up neck, man. I'm telling Talk you. about a career cut short. But the other one was the Money in the Bank match when they had all the heels in one and all the faces in the other. That match worked because Ambrose and Cody played the face, and that match actually turned Cody face because... Sandow turned on Cody to get the briefcase. So ultimately, you have to have some sympathy and some type of a protagonist. They don't have to be a face, but they have to be a protagonist. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, no, I feel you there. I just and, and, feel like and and real quick, I, think I, about, but I think I about think Sammy that what Neville. you think about Sammy and Neville when they feuded, Neville played heel in the match. But he was very much still face throughout everything. Even after after Sammy beat him, he hugged him. But Sammy, but Neville was like really playing the antagonist in the match. Sorry. Well, no. All I was gonna say is I think protagonist antagonist is a better distinction to make because I think you can have a protagonist and an antagonist and have both of them still not be good people. Absolutely, I completely agree with that. But as long as you, but as long for as for example, what they're doing right now with Dream and Champa. That is yeah, but, two antagonists going against each other, but one of them is more protagonisty. I think, but I think, I think they turned Dream for baby, because Dream is only fighting heels now. I, I don't know that they necessarily turned Dream full baby well, as much as that people like. Him. loves Dream. Yeah, Dream is like Rock. He's a bad guy, but or Becky right now, it's a bad guy that you just love. But hold on, hold on. Realistically, realistically, outside of the Alistair Black feud, what bad has he done? Well, he's just a common narcissist, and narcissists are naturally the antagonist of most of their feuds. Sure, but I'm saying... From, 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 oh, he's not a dastardly heel. Yeah. Like, 
he's not like a Triple H taking a sledgehammer to mankind's knee heel. And, and he's not cowardly either because he always did in a fight. So, like, yeah, no, he, he's not that kind of heel, but, I mean, he's a natural antagonist in all of these feuds, and you and I both know it. No, absolutely. No, I, he, he's been a heel, but what I'm saying is he wasn't so much a heel, much like Elias, where, ba- like, ba- Elias didn't do anything to turn babyface other than Elias is doing the same things as a heel he, that he was doing as a baby. Only difference is he hit a, a heel with his guitar instead of a face this time. So, I, so Can I just say that the guitar shot may, is the one time where, uh, more than any other time, where I wish they would allow headshots again? Because these guitars to the back just don't look as good to me as well, the Jeff Jarrett style bang. Hey, but, Finn, but when Finn got it about six months ago and people were like, oh my God, I hope he doesn't have a concussion, that fucked that up. Because Finn got it completely in the head. And it looks terrible. I'm scared for that man. Oh, I mean, I understand why they don't let him do it. I, I, no, I, I yeah. totally understand. But that is the one time, like, most of the time I, I respect it. I'm just like, whatever, you can't do headshots anymore. It is what it is. But, like, when they do the guitar spots, I'm just like, man, just, like, crack that guitar over this dude's skull. Oh, I cringe when I, I wish they could still have headshots with the chair. I'm not saying that I want it to happen and it doesn't even I have understand. To, and it wouldn't even have to be every time. Like, I'm not saying that has to be the default every single time. You crack no, him over I, the head. But every now and then, like... I don't think you could ever do it. His head. I don't think you would ever do it knowing what we know now. But no. I'm just saying, personally, I miss that because I cringe every time someone's waiting to hit somebody and then they got to wait till they turn around and hit yeah. him in the stomach. And oh, him in the, it, it, it I hate that. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay, so, yeah, we we veered, as we tend to do. Evolution. So we talked about Ronda and... Because uh, we know we know Ronda's going to win. You think Shane is going to win the Battle Royal? Um, mm-hmm. which means, and you think Kyrie's going to lose. I think Kyrie's going to win as well. You think Kyrie's going to win? I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. You think Becky's going to win? Mm-hmm. I think Charlotte's going to win. I think Charlotte's going to drop it back to her. We know Kyrie. the legends are going to be, um, Mickey's a legend in her own right, but yeah. you know, we know the Mickey legends are going to beat her and Alexa. Well, and Alexa might not even, well, it's probably going to be Foxy because Alexa's going through the concussion protocols and she's yes. been having trouble passing. Yes. Um, but, uh, so I have I'm, no desire to talk about the six woman tag match at all. So like, let's not talk about that. We don't have to talk about that. Everybody knows who's gonna win that match. Yeah, nobody cares. Yeah. Um, but no, I got Io Shirai in no, no, I got the other girl, but I can't remember her name. Wow, that's that goes show how important she is to you, Tony Storm. I haven't seen the May Young Classic yet. Oh, okay. it's, Tony it's Storm. Been on my list of things to get to, but like. Grades are due right now, so it's a little bit crazy for a teacher. I haven't seen it either, by the way, but I've been keeping up with it. But Tony Storm versus okay. Um, okay. But can I can I confess that I've actually never seen a Tony Storm match, so I'm kind of excited to watch it. That is well, okay. It's not that crazy, but see it as how prominent she was in both the May Young Classics and in NXT UK. That's a, uh, but okay. You, but you, I mean, I, if I haven't gotten to the May Young Classic, do you think I've gotten to the show that airs at 3 p.m. Eastern time? Well, that was last year's May Young Classic, which you had a year to watch. Yeah, we don't talk about that. All right. Oh, my bad. Okay, sorry. Sorry. Yes, much like Impact, we don't talk about that? No, we don't talk about that. Um, let me tell you why, and then after this, I'm going to tell you who I think is going to win a battle royal. But let me tell you why I think Tony Storm is going to win a set of Eero Sarai. Because I think 
that they're aware of the fact that there's going to be a Japanese bias. I mean, the Joshis are just that fucking good. The Joshis are better. They very well are. But I don't think that they'll... I, I don't think that they'll set that up. And Tony... And I think about it like this. Tony Storm very clearly is the queen of the NXT UK division. Rhea Ripley's amazing, but that's Tony, that's Tony Storm's division, right? We know Until this. further notice, yeah. Until further notice, yes. Why wouldn't they... Why would they put her in this match and not let her do something with NXT UK? You could have had Tony versus Rhea in just a regular match. So I think the reason why... Why do you why think I it is that the Joshis are so much better? Because they're tr- because they've always been trained like the men. You know what? Our I, women haven't been. Say no more. I buy it. Yeah, say no more. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Fuck it. Yep. Perfect. So, M- Miko Satomura was getting beat down just as much as Suzuki was getting beat down when they were getting trained. Yeah. You know? So you, it's different. That makes perfect sense now. Um, But I, that's why I think Tony's going to win. Um, But my pick for... I also have out of the out-of-the-box pick for my... uh. Uh, what's McCauley pick for my um, Battle Royal? I got Ember Moon. Yeah, I heard you say that on the Ricky and Clive show yesterday. Shout out to Ricky and Clive. Shout out to the brothers. I got I got uh, Ember Moon because two reasons. Number one, she's been feuding with Nia. So they've been putting her back. Not feuding, but, you know, back and forth with Nia. They've been putting her back in, in public eye. Two, if you look at the picture of that of of the advertising for that for that match, who's in the middle? Ember. Black Excellence herself. Yes, ma'am. Oh, yes, sir. I like that. Black Excellence. That's nice. And number three, you can feasibly make the match with Ronda make sense, much like you did Asuka, because no matter what happens, she got the one unbeatable move. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If she that catch is you a pre- with the Eclipse, it Ronda is a pretty going protected down move. for the three. Yes. Yeah, it's a pretty protected move. The, the Eclipse... The Eclipse and the RKO are the only moves people don't kick out of. There might be a couple others I can't, I, I'm thinking of, but that's those are the main ones. If we're picking with our hearts, do you know who I would love to have win the match? Bianca. Because I love if her. If she's in it. If she's in the match. Is she in it? I have no idea. She but was, if she were in it, I would love her to win it. Because I love imagine, Bianca Belair. Can you imagine if they let an NXT person win that match? Yo, man, all I'm saying is, like, the sky is the limit for Bianca Belair. She's fucking awesome. She's amazing. And she's undefeated. Yes. Full um, Uh, Is there any other match that we didn't talk about? That's it, right? Yeah, I think those are all of them. We talked about both title matches. We talked about... NXT. Uh, yep, the NXT and the Mae Young and the Battle Royal. And, and, and we, the Legends. Yep, and then we said we're, we're not, not going to talk about that six man because it fe- uh, features the female geek squad. I will. Get, I'll say this though, real quick. And we don't. Have to, it's not about the match, but in general, the fact that of all the people who could have got the undercard match, the riots got it. Let you know that they care about the riots. Which you know, I like Ruby Riot, so like I'm fine with her getting shine. I'm fine with her getting shine. I'm, I'm indifferent to the other two. I don't hate them. I'm indifferent yeah. to them. But they're heavies. Yeah. Absolutely, they are her muscle. Yeah, but yeah, I mean they're her muscle. You don't have to be very big to be a female heavy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I I would love to see Ruby and Ronda next, but I'm sure that they'll do that down down the line. Um, so we we're not gonna talk about it, talk about it, but we'd be remiss if we didn't mention it. But Crown Jewel, uh, as of today, was announced to still be 
on board. They're still going to have it. Yep, we, they're still going to have it in that place where those people killed that journalist because, you know, they're kind of stuck in that situation. When you sign it, just so ladies and gentlemen, kids and kids and boys and girls and chickens and ducks and everybody listening, if you sign a contract, understand you got to live by that motherfucker. And if you, you sign a contract that looks like shit, don't be upset if your hands smell. And also, if you sign a contract with the murderous regime, don't be surprised when they murder somebody. And mail the fingers back to their crown prince. And then and then dress up another person to pretend that he's him so they won't think that he's dead. While they meanwhile carry the dead party out of a building in pieces, in and, bats. And all of we just said actually really happened. Yeah, like none of that is bullshit, y'all. That is the actual story. That's how fucking crazy this story is. That's why literally the entire world is freaked out about it, including our government, even if they're pretending not to be. They pretty much are. Now, I, I will say that the, the one thing is WWE has, I don't think they have anything to worry about. Because if anything happens to any person from WWE next Friday, next Thursday, Friday, or Saturday, it's World War Three because the back oh, yeah. the said- cabinet and the president is a WWE Hall of Famer, and Vince might cause World War Three. I mean, you know that's a fact because y'all they sent 800 troops to the border because too many brown people were getting close. What the fuck are they gonna do if a brown regime kills someone in their fucking corner? I'm saying, and the brown people in the caravan are basically women, kids, and old folk. So <laughs> these people trying to kill folk. Over there. Um, I don't want to talk about the card. We'll, we may talk the about it next said, week. The less said, the better. We'll, we'll, we'll figure out what we're going to talk about next week, and I don't know. But I do want to talk one small, really newsworthy and noteworthy aspect of the card, and it's that well, apparently it's John old. Cena... Oh. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> not that. No. No. Because I want to be noteworthy there that's worth noting. I want to be so positive about that, but you won't let me, <laughs> and I'm just and I accept it because you're kind of right. But uh... <laughs> you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. He admitted that I was kind of right. I am striking that from the record. <laughs> Sonographer, cross that out. <laughs> um, no, it's it. John Cena and Daniel Bryan apparently have mentioned and told WWE that they were they are refusing to appear. Cena actually said he ain't even gonna go. Brian, of course, who still works there, just said, I'm, I don't plan on going. We'll see what what happens. But even if they both do show up, even if they do, which I I bet money that they're both gonna be there, that's a hell of a stand to make. That That's huge. I mean, don't you think? What do you think about that? I mean, you know, anything and everything that Cena says and does carries a lot of weight. Because, you know, Roman is the current face of the company. Cena is the enduring face of the company. Up there with Rock and Austin and Hogan. So, like, he, he's, the he's on the Mount Emeritus. Rushmore. He's the face emeritus, as they say yeah, in, in church. he's on the Mount yes. Rushmore uh, of, the build, of the business. So, like, him saying anything matters. Especially because his star is real bright right now. Um, but... I don't know. I, I know that they're kind of in a position where they had to do this show, but I feel like they need to try their best to get out of this deal as quickly as possible because right now it's not politically tenable. So, um, 
we we have two first fans that I consider like family. Shout out to Rob Daniels, but Darren Kirby, uh, he's at Dej Kirby, D A J Kirby on Twitter, always showing love. I had a long conversation with him today, and he said something very poignant. Cause he had an issue with it, and I told him, you know, while yes. It's completely okay to have an issue with this. If we had a problem with them going to countries that have human rights issues, they'd never do another show. <laughs> that's and I realize that's an elite elitist way to think, but it's it's fairly factual. But going deeper into the conversation, he was like, "Well, the one criticism that I can say that is valid is don't sign a ten-year deal with the murderous regime," and then. Because this this was even if even if you thought it wasn't gonna happen or you thought you'd get away with it, it was bound. It was to always happen. a risk. Yes. It was always a risk. And that's very that's very true and very valid. They should have just signed a two year deal, and made made them prove that they really have changed as a country. And, and there and should have been clauses them. in this deal where like if this happens or this happens or this happens, y'all are in breach of contract and we're out. It should, but Kyle. I'm going to I'm going to give you a scenario. Let's say somebody offers you four hundred and fifty million dollars for your couch. Are you going to read the fine print, or are you going to take that four hundred fifty million dollars? Sir, I teach a law education class. I'm always going to read the fine print. That's what you say until you see that money in front of your face. <laughs> oh my bad, my bad. We don't speak. They're not supposed to know that I'm shallow and have loose morals. Well, you're it's human, just brother. heavily implied. You're human, brother. You're human. Um, but you're absolutely right, man. And 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 please understand, this isn't a arrogance issue. Like people think Vince is just too arrogant to not go. Nah, this is they, it, this is just a they legal took issue. The money and cashed the checks. Like I know they got good lawyers, which is that's the big reason why I'm like, nah, there should have been clauses in this contract because I don't expect Vince to read that fine print. But that's what the fuck he paid them legal teams for. Some of them motherfuckers should have said some shit like, you know, like, this is a real murderous regime. We might want to put some out clauses in this bitch. Yeah, and you know what? I hate to say this, but that goes to that goes to Hunter because Hunter is executive vice president over talent and live talent live event talent relations and live events. So Hunter's the one who brokered the deal. And yeah, that's Hunter. And it, it is, and he don't make very many mistakes right now. This could be one of those. Well, I said oh, ain't could. no could be. This shit is one of those. I only I only said could be because if they didn't commit an egregious, crazy thing, it, it's a good deal. Oh, yeah. No, you're right. Like, uh, it, it made sense to be open to making the deal. It's a terrible deal because, like we've been saying, like, if you get in bed with the bees, you can't be surprised when you get stung. Haters gonna hate and killers gonna kill. Yup. And when you a hating killer, you gonna do both at the same damn time. Same time. At the um. same damn time. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, you wanna talk some NXT? Uh, yeah. Let's talk some NXT. Let's talk about that dastardly, despicable. Don't say his name. Oh, good. Don't say his name. Johnny. Oh well, you already said it. Now go ahead. Wrestling. I wanted to build up to it for those for those who had known. I wanted to build up to it, but 
Ain't nobody listening to this podcast that didn't know. Our our very loyal 15 listeners all knew this shit. It's 35, brother. Get it right, okay? That's <laughs> um, <laughs> So, um, yes, the Who Done This Story with Aleister Black has come to a conclusion. And Nikki Cross, as crazy as her ass, then started all this shit. And apparently Johnny Gargano has outed himself as the one who attacked Alster Black. Despicable. He dastardly. No good. <laughs> I wonder so, if he snapped when that wedding ring got spit on. Maybe when he found the ring and put it back on, some of Ciampa's evil just oozed into. Well, that's the best part about this. Ciampa's so proud of him. <laughs> Yo, y'all, like, this is how DIY becomes a tag team again on the main roster to rescue the tag team division. (laughs) Johnny becomes just as despicable of a heel. There's not many better wrestlers on Twitter than than Tommaso Ciampa. Because he's been excellent ever since Johnny did this. He's talking about, I've never been proud of you. It's a tear in my eye. Hey, hey, Johnny. Hey, at Johnny Gargano. We should we should hashtag glorious bomb Alster, okay? You down? <laughs> Yo, I mean, we know where this has to go. At least if we live in a perfect world where we're allowed to have nice things, Candice LeRae will tease for weeks and weeks and weeks as to being conflicted about this whole thing, and then Candice LeRae will kick Alistair Black square in the balls. Well, do and we want Johnny to wrestling it? and Candice wrestling will be the most evil power couple in NXT. So so basically they'll be at, they'll basically they'll be Andrade and Zelina. <laughs> no, they'll basically be Triple H and Stephanie only in NXT. Well, I without say that, the power. I say that because Andrade I'm talking and Zelina. Dan Helmsley era style shit. I got you, but Andrade and Zelina basically ran the division for six months. So hey, if it's a good formula, repeat that shit, and yeah, this shit'll be better because Candice is a way better wrestler than Zelina. Absolutely. Um. So the question is. This is it's gonna be fantastic in ring. The question is, should Johnny have been the one to turn? I mean, probably not. But like, I'm here for it. So be- I think I, him turning makes sense if he's gonna stay in NXT because the only story that they haven't told with him in NXT, as far as as a babyface goes, would be finally winning the title. That's the only babyface story they haven't told with him. So if he's gonna stay in NXT, you got to do something different. And this is something way different. Even if it is, it, it feels a lot like a carbon copy of what they were doing with Eddie Edwards and that company we don't talk about. But, you know, it's whatever. Yeah, but the difference is Eddie didn't get a bat to the face. I mean, Gargano didn't get a bat to the face. Yeah. That'll, that'll make you snap. Well, and I mean, this will also be better because it won't involve um, Sammy Callahan. By the way, you want you want to know? I just I, I just had an epiphany about why eighty snapped. Remember when Cactus Jack fell got hit in the head and came back as a drunken sailor? Yeah. In WCW, yeah, yeah. Eddie came back as a different person. He had amnesia. The whole that's time. He, it's not really Eddie anymore. No, that's why he wilded out for so long. I like it. I like it. It's um, more interesting than what they were doing. I eighty. Anything's more. <laughs> Remember that segment where uh, Jeff Hardy uh, was. He, he was Randy Orton was talking and Jeff Hardy was painting and he was like listening to you talk like watching paint dry that's impact X unless um, Young is involved 
you you're a fan of her. I, I have yet to really see anything of her, so she could be great. I don't know. Um, but uh, I my I'm I'm of the I'm of the person, I'm of the idea that wanted to see Johnny finally get the mountain, get the, hit, hit the mountain top, finally defeat Champa and get the make off his off his back and win the title as a baby. I am not a babyface fan. I am notoriously a fan of heels. But I I understand the necessity for pure babyfaces. And in the recent WWE times, there's only been three. Brian, Sammy, and Gargano. We lost Brian because of injury. Now he's just not as interesting as he used to be. Fact. Lost, Sammy had to turn, and he's more interesting than he's ever been. But there was a reason why. And now Gargano. So I feel for those babyface fans, and even Becky. So I feel for those pure babyface fans who have nobody to step, who you know, to that's like truly pure and white bread. See, I feel for them in a certain sense, but like white bread babyfaces are boring. To me, layered it like layered babyfaces with real tangible motivations and experiences that make sense. Give me all of that. Give me but Seth Rollins over Sami Zayn every day. Faces? Yeah. Nah. I, I agree. Um, but I, I, I have learned to trust Paul. I've learned to trust Regal. I've learned to trust Ryan Ward and that whole staff down there. Or whoever's... I don't, I don't know if Ward's still down there. Borash or whoever it is. Good man. Whoever they got down there knows what the fuck they're doing. Absolutely. And I don't want to get spoilers away, but Candace does have a segment involved concerning this. I'm not going to give it away. Um, Just so, say it involves Candace, and it concerns this storyline. Yes, boom. And you'll see it in a couple of weeks. Um, so, And I also need to publicly say that I was wrong. I thought it was Cassius Ono. Um, so Ono Riddle is where we're going for sure, right? Oh yeah, that's definitely a thing. I think Ono's still turning heel. You were right about that part. No, but Ono's like... already heel, homie. <laughs> he turned heel a couple weeks ago. Oh, okay. Well then, yeah. So yeah, but then definitely it's gonna be Ono versus Riddle, and I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Um, and Champa Dream. Yep, I'm definitely here for that because like, love me some Dream. Do you think that the Shayna and Kyrie? feud being on evolution hurts the women's division because they're essentially not there i don't think it necessarily hurts the women's division it does mean however that whatever match they're doing at takeover is going to have a very short build which means whoever the challenger is going to be is going to need to be someone they can establish quickly or someone who doesn't matter that's just getting a throwaway opportunity um and and again, that's a, that's a problem in wrestling in general because it's too much wrestling and the rosters are so grossly uh, overpopulated, women to men, men to women rather, um, which it is understandable, but it is what it is. Uh, but NXT only has one female segment of show usually. And now, granted, they do you know their best to mix it up and highlight different women, so it's not like they're only giving the champ time, but it also means that there's not a lot of backup women in the wings. Not only that, but on the show, on the one-hour show, with multiple male champions and one women's champion, having not having the champion there, kind of kills the development of that that brand of that division in that show. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And well, I was gonna say much like Jericho and New Japan, but it's not because Intercontinental Title doesn't have an Intercontinental Division. Well, it's not also because there's another mid card title. There are yeah. two other mid card titles, so people still have shit to do. Absolutely. But there's nothing to do. So Nikki and Bianca are fighting because Bianca's annoyed with Nikki. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Lacey and Candace are fighting because Lacey thinks Candace isn't a real woman because she's not cooking dinner for a man. Like, there, there's no real concrete feuds right now because nobody has anything to really concretely fight over. And they're great matches, and it's interesting. Um, but well, it's, like, you know, they're not even making they're not even making these feuds about title shots. Like, there's no discernible hierarchy within the division to where like it'd be one thing if you only have the one title, but at least you have some kind of a hierarchy of challengers where I can say, okay, well, when Shane is done, next, the next person is up. It's this person yeah. that, but there's none of that because you see the women so, so spread out so infrequently that nobody's got momentum at any given time. So who do you want to be next and who you think is going to be next? Well, I mean, I always want Bianca to be next because I love Bianca because she's wonderful and everything about her makes me happy. Um, but who do I think is going to be next? Yeah. Based on the fact that, well, because we're going to have a short build and we need someone established, Nikki. I think it's going to be, I, I, I think it's going to be Lacey. See, I don't want it to be Lacey because I don't want it to be like a throwaway title challenge for Lacey because I think Lacey could be a bigger deal. Well, let me tell you why I think it's going to be Lacey. Because one, of the three people, Lacey's the only one who can really talk. Bianca's not bad, but Lacey can talk. Um, so she can build that fast enough. And two, they already got, they already got beef because Lacey and Kyrie had a little mini feud uh, before she got the title shot to face Shayna. So you have something to build off of for four weeks of a build, you know, since you don't have anything now. All right. Yeah. I mean, I could I could I mean, I could be on board with that. I like I said, you know, all of the women that don't have the belt right now are interesting. So, like, yeah, I'm cool with any of them. Um, So, yeah, if you're not watching NXT, you you tripping. And um, man, Wednesdays are great. You NXT UK 205. NXT, May Young Classic, NXT UK, the first episode of NXT UK was one of the best hours of wrestling I've watched in a long time. They That's high praise. They, they, I'm, I'm telling you, they put their balls in the pyre. They were like, fuck it, we gonna let you motherfuckers know we for real. They started the show with uh, Mark Andrews versus Joe Coffey with his brother. So you got some interesting stuff there. Mustache Mountain came out to a ridiculous ovation. They had a promo. Um, you had some great vignettes. A vignette about a guy who 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 helped train Mark Andrews and Pete Dunne, and then they left him behind. So he's coming. You had Dave Mastiff, who's going to be a big star. Squash this, squash a geek. And when I say squashed, I mean, you haven't seen Dave Mastiff. Dave Mastiff is like 350, 400 pounds. So he literally squashed the geek. And hey, sometimes he, geeks got to get squashed, man. I'm saying and then Pete Dunne and Noam Dar had a barn burner of a match. Like it was fire from top to bottom. Oh yeah, and Tony Storm uh, beat another beat a female geek. It was great. Um, so yeah, NXT UK I'm excited about because I always like seeing I like seeing 
new stuff build. I like seeing new stars be built. And Pete Dunne, Trent Seven, and Tyler Bate could easily debut, debut on Raw or SmackDown tomorrow and be not top necessarily, necessarily top stars, but go to the upper mid-card of the card and be fine. They are that good. Send them they, to Raw because I think Raw's mid-card needs them more. SmackDown's bloated right now. SmackDown enough. has more talent than they know how to use. Oh, my goodness. How, I'm, I'll be, I'm sorry. Shout out to Bobby Fish. She back. Shout out, Bobby. We're, we look forward to seeing you for like a cup of coffee and then watching you catch that ass whooping from the other three. Hi, Roddy. <laughs> you know what's you know what's you know what's 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 like ironically funny? A lot of things. So conventional wisdom will tell you, knowing their histories, that Cole and Roddy would be the, the guys to team up, and of course Red Dragon, or the Red Dragons, whatever the fuck you call them. I always called them Red Dragon, but whatever. Me too, but Cole called them the Red Dragons on whatever on the game, and I was like, is it? Because there is no two Ds, so maybe no. it is the Red Dragons. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but it's O'Reilly and Roddy, and now this this week on um. NAC is going to be Cole and Fish versus the War Raiders. Just find it funny. I mean, I'm okay with it, though, because as we've said many times on this podcast, I feel like Roddy and O'Reilly have a legitimate future as a tag team. They're both early 30s. They're both very capable. They're both work well together. Their styles complement each other well. And as much as I love Roddy and as good as Roddy is in the ring, Roddy's not main roster singles wrestler. But they are both interesting enough to be great in that tag division. Roddy is lower card to lower mid card singles wrestler, but he is top level tag team wrestler with, with, with uh O'Reilly. Yes. I and I I will what they've done with the Undisputed Era is tremendous and is great and they're the best with this with the exception of the Tongans and the Bullet Club, all deference to the Tongans. All deference. Um I think Roddy in the Cruiserweight division. Roddy Roddy in the Cruiserweight division would could have been what Buddy Murphy was before Murphy came. Oh, I believe that because Roddy's great. Like Roddy, Roddy can go. Go back and watch him in the, in the little cruiserweight tournament they had at the beginning of the year. He was awesome. Yeah, great matches. Like Roddy can go. And I have said very numerous times, and you have laughed at me. Many people have laughed at me, but I I believe it. Two hundred five live has tons of potential. It is a while. It it it's it's gonna be a while before it reaches that potential and becomes something viable. But congrats to them on getting to 100 episodes. That's 100 great. 100 episodes, and they need stars. They have the foundation. They're like the Phoenix Suns. They have all the pieces of a title contender except for the top one. <laughs> they got number three, four, five, six, seven. They might even have number two. They just don't got one. And if, if I don't know if that could have been a Roddy, a Ricochet, a Adam Cole, who will never go there, but you know. But somebody, and... I think this is the time, especially now that they have their own time slot. They're on they're on Wednesdays now. You can tour with them. I feel like 205 Live is on the come up. I really do. You put Ricochet over there. 
Maybe you put only Lorkin and Danny Birch over there so they can get. Tag I think titles. Lorkin and Birch would be great over right. there. The crowds are always into Oni. Yeah, Oni oh, does Oni. rule. Oni's amazing. Yeah, Oni rules. Like that's not just a catchphrase; that's a fact. Um, oh. but the other, re- I mean, really, the other reason though that I still think Roddy and O'Reilly need to stay together as a tag team is because I've said it many times. You know, Bobby Fish isn't ancient, but, like, he's no. early 40s. Like, yeah. he's old. His career is on its downtrend. That is a, a thing. Um, whereas at least O'Reilly and Strong are both, like, 32-ish. So, but we're assuming that they're actually going to stay together for a couple years, right? I mean, we're assuming that it's at least possible. Okay. We're assuming that it's at least possible. Because here's the thing. Kyle O'Reilly could achieve like at least solid mid card status with those facial expressions and like his innate charisma. I want you to understand of the four, mind you, I hated Roddy. I hated, or rather hated fish. I mean, Adam Cole's the real deal. Well, I mean, we've, Adam Cole's been the man forever. I bought a pay-per-view yeah, on Ring that. of Honor. I bought a pay-per-view on Ring of Honor for Adam Cole. Yeah. So, you know what I'm we I all know Adam Cole is great. Hashtag Bay Bay. I bought a final battle just to see Adam Cole. So, I mean, you know, um, but I hated the other three because I thought they were boring as shit. I thought Kyle, and I, and I hated Kyle O'Reilly the most because Kyle O'Reilly's style is so different and so MMA-based, but not fighting-based. It's more on my ground and the axe kick, and the, just, it's just so different. And then he got to NXT. And then I saw the personality, and I was like, oh, this motherfucker is great. Yeah, like, I, I pretty much need him to constantly have a title just so he's constantly got a reason to play the guitar on his way to the ring. And I'm saying, like, little, little small stuff like that. And then and then now and now Roddy's playing along with it. Mm-hmm. So, like, you'll see him tuning up. You'll see him tuning up the guitar when they're having promos in the back, you know, or stuff like that. Or Roddy will ask him, what song are you playing this time, man? Like, it's it's I love it. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I, they're they're great. That's just a great faction. I'm all in for that shit. Uh, so speaking of other, speaking of great factions, so and speaking of all in, and speaking of all in. Oh, nice, nice segue. Uh, so we just got one bullet club now. Is that is that is that official? Is that? What I mean, that's in? the that's that's what it's sounding like. You know, all of the elite guys had been tweeting for a while about how that was their last bullet club shirt and. It's probably their favorite, and blah, blah, blah. And then you had um, Cody tweeting out recently. He was responding to somebody like, no, the Bullet Club is Jay White's thing now. We're not, we're not with that. Like, we were part of it for a really long time, but we've moved on. And Fale and Tom, I'm sure, had a good belly laugh at that. It's Jay's now. Did you see the, did you see the promo Jay cut about uh, saying that he's not over the Bullet Club? He was like... You think I'm stupid to think that I can tell those guys what to do? They because Jay them. White knows what we on the edge have been saying for months now. All deference to the Tongans. No smoke. You are right and we are all wrong. I, and I want to reiterate to the crowd that Jay White's nickname is Switchblade. And he walks around with a knife everywhere. And he's scared of the Tongans. He knows better he than knows to mess with them. What the fuck is up? You do not cross the children of Haku. No. You don't. You know. and, no. And, and it, I, guess you, I guess you could call him the, o- the Bullet Club Oceanic Stable. Because uh, <laughs> they, got, they got New Zealand. They, they got, got the Australia. Lockdown. They got the islands on. Polynesia is represented. 
Um, all they need is cocaine Coda Reeves to get his Hawaiian ass over there. <laughs> Why you playing? If if Juice went over there, Kona might be next. <laughs> I'm with it. I'm with it. Uh, um, but but yeah, it's is I, I won't say it's a cash grab, but it's basically they're just re, re I think they're rebranding themselves as the elite. I think Cody might really actually. I think that was the smart thing all along because like the rest of the tagalongs, not Cody so much, but the rest of the ancillary crew members um are who they are because of the well not chase and yuzuro i'm talking like hangman and marty are as well known as they are because of bte like they are part of the elite and that is why they are as well known as they are they're great they're awesome they're amazing and i am huge fans of both of them but they would not be as big as they are without that branding hangman 100 percent. i think marty's gimmick was such that he would got he would got noticed eventually but absolutely, progress did a good job of showing him. But absolutely, Hangman has every, he has BT to thank. Hangman came out to the actual Bullet Club theme song until like six months ago. And when he got his own. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When he and he only finally got his own because he was going to be in the G1. Yeah. Yeah. I remember watching all in, and I was like, damn, that don't sound like shut shoot him up. That sounds different. No, this motherfucker got his own music. Okay. I like the Desperado theme. I, I really do too. I'm look. I'm we here at the edge, especially my brother Kyle, are huge Hangman patrons. Oh yeah, teacher solidarity. I will mark for Hangman forever and for always. Very um, nice. What do you so? What what do Chase Ujiro and Coda do since? And Coda was never Bullet Club, but he was Bullet Club adjacent. Coda's a golden lover, so he don't have to worry about it. You um, say that, but Kenny got some. Kenny is really out here doing these singles feuds. And Coda, Coda about to have to fend for himself when he when he hopefully faces uh, the future hopefully champ Will Ospreay of Listen, the Upward Co- Coda is so him. confident in himself that he ain't signing a contract no fucking where. So like we ain't got to worry about Coda because Coda don't worry about Coda. That's a good point. That's a good so, point. So like he gonna be all right. Chase will be okay because him and Hangman are a couple of good old Virginia boys. Um. <laughs> And Yujiro's old money TNA, or TNA, old money at New Japan. So, like, Yujiro gonna be fine. You know what I'd like to see? Tokyo Latina? Well, of course. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> My God. The first time I saw her, I was like, who? They, they did, did they let a stripper come out with her? With him? And I was, you, you do you know what her Twitter handle is? No, nah, I forgot. 030 Muffin Ass. Like, she knows, she's not playing. She's she, a whole. She knows it. She oh yes, no. I'd actually like to see. It won't happen, but I'd actually like to see Yujiro go back, go to Lij and team back up with uh, Naito. For those oh. who don't know, Yujiro and Naito were tag partners when they first broke in together. Yeah, I'd be cool with that. That'd be cool. And I mean, the Tokyo I'd... Pimp thing would kind of fit in with. Oh, I mean, it would fit uh, in with Lij. Yeah, it would fit in with Lij, and he's Japanese, so he'd be allowed to join Lij because they are the only truly Japanese stable left. No, I'm see like you no, you right. laugh, but I'm serious. Like he's the they are the only just like full on Japanese stable anymore. But exception what okay, but chaos except for well last oh best friends. Okay. Yeah. I forgot yeah. about I forgot about best friends, yeah. Rocky. Rocky don't count, man. Rocky don't wrestle. Man, Rocky counts for Pongi three K wouldn't be a thing without Rock. Yeah, but 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 they Rocky needs Rapongi three K more than Rapongi three K needs Rocky. I mean Rocky's got Beretta and Trent. New best friends. The new best friends. 
Shout out to Tricky T. <laughs> so is yeah. Rocky gonna be the new Gato for for Chaos? I don't know. As long as he keeps making fire ass theme songs, I don't give a fuck what Rocky does. That Rapongi Vice three uh, theme song is forever my favorite. Do we? Um, yeah, the original one. Yeah. Do you have any uh, any predictions for the the Super Junior Tag League and the World Tag League coming up? Well, I know the Super Junior Tag League finals are coming up not too long from now because the field is really up. short. I haven't I haven't had time to keep up. Like I said, this is the one of the couple of times a year where grades are due, and yeah. that's always a really busy time when you're a teacher. And by um, the way, so I it's haven't caught teams. up to it yet. It's eight teams, and they had to make up four of them. Yup, they had to bring in a new member of Lij so that they could have a partner for Bushi. They had to bring in a new member of Bullet Club. So that uh, Ishimura, so that would, have Ishimura would have a party, and Ishimura just joined Bullet Club. Yeah, he so, just joined New Japan. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So like, the junior tag division's in a rough spot right now. I believe my official <laughs> prediction was, um, oh, I think my official prediction was Lij to win it because oh, of uh, Tagaki. yeah, because Tagaki. Who's killing it, uh, by the way, right now? Yeah, Taga- I mean, Tagaki is a star, man. Like like I had said a couple weeks ago, if you're a follower of Japanese wrestling, Tagaki's a star. And by the like, way, it's a huge signing for them. By the way, I've, I've learned. <laughs> yeah. I've seen some of his shit since then. Man is amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah Tagaki was a big pickup, and he fits right in with LIJ. So, like, he does. I mean, in in fairness, everybody fits in with LIJ because the whole Tranquilo thing is just do whatever the fuck makes you happy. Right, but Tagaki was doing that in Dragon Gate, so yeah, so it's perfect. And Works I think Robbie, I think Robbie Eagles fits in Bullet Club. Yeah, um, for sure. Even though he's not as vicious as those guys, he kind of has the the same t- type of vibe they do. Thing is, New Japan really needs juniors, period, right now because on the junior side, there, um, I mean, some of it has been injuries, some of it has been guys that have been moved up, like, but they're kind of shallow on high-end junior talent right now, aside from some of the old standbys that you've seen over and over and over again. Osprey, Show and Yo, Skrull, our boy Kushida. Like, they brought Chris Saban in, bro. Like Chris, yeah. I ain't seen a Chris Saban match in three years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, they him partnering with Kushida at least makes sense because Kushida and Alex Shelley used to be the time splitters. And Alex and Alex Shelley and, uh, retired, so. and Alex Shelley, Shelley and Saban. Yeah, so is they literally just just having the threesome of all of all threesomes? Yeah. So like you know, um, my pick for actual World Tag League is either Killer Elite Squad or Dark Horse pick the best friends, Super Dark Horse. Oh, so best friends versus the Tongans versus God. Oh, I mean, I'm still going to pick the Tongans because I'm not stupid, but, like, shout-out no, to I'm Best just, Friends. I'm just saying to win the World Tag... I'm just saying that would be the tag title match. Oh, yeah, yeah, tag yeah. title match going into Wrestle Kingdom? Um, I, I mean, I think it'll love, probably be for their Elite Squad, but, you I, know. Yeah, probably. I love me some Chucky e. T. Yeah, Chucky e. T is so e. smooth. That's the thing that I love about Chucky e. T. Everything he does is so smooth you can tell he's been doing it for years Mm -hmm. you can tell he's comfortable wrestling the style that he wrestles 
because everything down to his transitions are just so seamless. I wouldn't even talk about it in the ring. I was just talking about it. He's funny as hell to me. Oh, yeah. I love Chuck E. T, period. Chuck E. T is hilarious. Him and Beretta are both great in ring. I was just talking about the, the motherfuckers funny. Oh, I love their Twitter exchanges. Yeah. Love Twitter exchanges. So great. Um, My only issue with Killer Lee Squad, and they, they make the most sense because they are coming back to the title. tag team and the only other established tag team realistically that other than the Bucks who are not in World Tag League um, are, would be Evil and Sonata but as we know Evil is slated to face Jericho so it probably ain't gonna be Evil and Sonata. Can I uh, can I give a hot take? Of course. G-O-D, I think G.O.D. wins the World Tag League and they challenge the Bucks. Okay, that be you know, if you win it, you have the right yeah. to pick your own. Yeah, yeah, you pick your own opponent. That'd be an interesting way to go. I'm with it, and and and, yeah, and establish yeah. and establishes Buddha Club as the premier organization right now, as they're trying to do. Right, which makes sense because they're trying to kind of like revitalize the brand itself, so to speak, get it back to its roots. Revitalize isn't necessarily the right word because that implies that they fell off. They never fell off, but they're trying to take it back to the roots. Sure, but but I mean, so like you know, Fale yeah. needs to come down to the ring in every match and just like drop motherfuckers, and then God takes the pins. But we but we've dealt with those guys wrestling, you know, random mid card tag matches and never open weight six man tag matches and all these for the past year and a half. So now they're really being featured again. And yeah. they have a new. He's not the leader, but he's he definitely is looked at as the front man. A new weapon. White. Yeah, a, a new weapon is a good way to put it. But that's how t- that's how time I put it. But a new weapon. Um, I definitely think that um, revitalize is a fair way to think about it from a from a TV perspective. And they ain't gonna do shit with Naito. Nope. Evil gonna evil gonna catch that ass woman. Yup. Um, so we ain't talking about LIJ right now unless it's Unfortunately we not. Unless it's Tagaki. We are not. Um Chaos is in disarray and everything yep. good about Chaos is honestly if I'm being dead ass honest, is Gage is Gaijin, <laughs> Osprey and uh Best Friends. Um Suzuki Goon is crazy as fuck. Zack Saber. Yeah. But that Zack Saber time is probably my favorite Gaijin right now. Fair enough, but I'm but I'm just saying if you had to pick, uh, Taguchi is Taguchi, and, yep. which isn't Taguchi. So if we had to pick a stable that's that's right now at the tops of it, it's Bullet Club. It'd probably be the OGs, yeah. Yeah, it'd be the OGs unless the elite actually come back with the elite branding and say we here. Maybe they'll come back as the Golden Elite, and that'll yeah, be the official branding. But Golden Elite doesn't encompass Marty and. And, uh, well, and, no, but and, maybe that'll be the Hayden new thing. Juro. But maybe that'll be the new thing. I just, I just want to know what Coda's thinking because Coda's the only person I can understand. Even Yujiro speaks English, not good, but he speaks it. I, I just, I don't, I be, I be wondering all the time what Coda be thinking because Coda just got thrown into this world. With here's these the thing. Guys. Here's the thing. No, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Coda may not be like good at English, but you ain't been around this many English speaking people for that long and you don't know no English. Like he he knows a little bit. You think he just might not be 
I think I think a lot of it is k. No, I think a lot of it is kayfabing because like, like, yeah, he spent a huge portion of his career in Japan. I'm not saying that Coda is like a fluent English speaker, but like Kenny and Coda are legitimately very good friends. Like, they spend a lot of fucking time together. He's with a lot of English speakers all the fucking time. That's what we call them, really good friends. Yeah, that's what we're gonna call them for for the sake of you know being nice. Okay. Um, anyway, um, uh, <laughs> he around that many English speakers all the time. He knows a little bit. He might not be fluent, but he knows a little bit. One of my favorite wrestling stories is, I can't remember who it was, but they were talking about Tajiri and they were like, Tajiri always, he would never speak English in front of us. But I'm like, I know you speak English, motherfucker. And they were in the car and something happened and Tajiri gets, was sick of it. He was like, man, pull over. I got to go take a piss. <laughs> and they were like, wait a minute. What? What? Tajiri speaks perfect English. He just yeah. always K-frames everybody. Yeah, so, so like I think Coda, I think it's a lot of that. Like, oh, I'm gonna pretend I don't speak no English because it's easier that way. I believe it. Hey, and shout out to Okada because Okada's worked hard in his English. Yes, he and has. O- Okada's cutting full on promos in English. Yeah, man, he's come a long way from Scooby Dooby Doo. Um, I was Scooby Dooby. I was talking to Clive uh, the other day, and I we were talking about NXT UK, and I was like, man. I know it'll never happen, but Marty would have been perfect for this. And he was like, I've never seen a Marty Squirrel match. I've seen two. I've seen um, the Wrestle Kingdom and All In. And I was, and he was like, and to be fair, uh, he and I was like, and it was, and it, both were great matches. And I was like, well, to be fair, Marty was wrestling Okada. <laughs> so Marty's great, but Okada's is out of this world good. Yeah, Okada's amazing. Okada's amazing. There's no other word for it. He's just Okada. Uh, what else you got, man? We we got. Oh, I don't think I have anything because, like, I just don't have the energy to spit any fire on Ring of Honor this week because, like, it's just so sad. Well, are we gonna talk about how I literally forgot who the world champ was like two hours ago? Oh, I mean, we can tell the listeners how we were talking about if WWE ever had an all-black pay-per-view, what kind of a card you could use, and including as many current black wrestlers as possible, and Rance didn't even think of fucking Jay White. And I had Jay Lethal. Or not Jay Jay White, Jay Lethal. See, like, that's how insignificant Jay Lethal is. And I had had a great idea for how you use him. You do what the BTE guys are doing, and you have him spend the entire show vacillating between black machismo and jay lethal and 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 i had like eight nine matches on the card and i completely forgot about jay lethal that he goes to show black you machismo and all the barbecue skits he can so, be man. jay lethal in his like actual match oh yes and he smashes barbecue because at the first at, the, at an all black pay-per-view there's gonna be a barbecue somewhere. Somebody, Uncle Uncle Mark Henry is gonna be barbecuing on the grill, and that's gonna be the interview. He's spot. gonna come over and say that he be makes better ribs, and they are gonna have a rib off. <laughs> that's gonna be a match later on in the card. Saxton's gonna be like Bobby Heenan at the first Raw. They're gonna he's gonna keep trying to get in, but we keep kicking him out. It's it's gonna be hilarious. Um. But no, but yeah. See, like, I figured Coach would be the person that keeps trying to get in, and you kick him out, and you let Saxton and Booker be the actual commentating team. No, but I'm I'm keeping I'm ke- I'm keeping with with storyline that Saxton is a lame. Well, I mean Saxton is a little bit of a lame. I, oh, we can put Percy on commentary. That's right. Man, can can we speak of how Percy has 
he has worked so hard to become. I'm not gonna say he's good. good. Commentator. I'm not even gonna call him good. He he might be good. He's, wor- he's working hard to be good. He might not him, be good yet, but he is working hard to get there. Yes, and him, him and Nigel spend so much time together. You can tell. And what I appreciate is, uh, when Nigel had the baby, and he was out for like that that uh, takeover, and then like of uh, tapings, and there was just Morrow and Percy. And the commentary was still top notch. I was like, okay, that dude really learned his business. And I'm, I'm shout out to Percy. Well, I mean, Morrow and Nigel are two great people to learn from. If if you're trying to figure this job out, like those are two really good people to learn from. I didn't like Nigel when he first came to to WWE though. Uh, on on a uh, camera, on uh, on um commentary, only because he would never let anybody else get a word in. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're in a booth with three people, you have to learn to take how to spot. take turns. That's that's probably Graves' best ability is he knows when to shine and he knows when to step back and let somebody else shine. You know what I mean? And Nigel right now, that. right now, my biggest issue with the commentary. I like Morrow. Do not get me wrong. I like Morrow, but I need him to tone down with some of these metaphors. Yeah, it's too much. Like too much. too much. Every but, match does not need some weird thirty-step metaphor that I gotta like crisscross to follow. I agree, but and I hate to say this, but I, I, I treat Marvel with kid gloves as, after I saw the documentary. And oh, I that love man, that documentary. It's so beautiful. It, it, if you're not crying at the end of it, you don't have a soul. Oh, but, so beautiful, um, so tragic. Knowing what he's went through and knowing how knowing how he has to live every day. And knowing the fear that he lives with every day of not killing himself. Oh, I give Morrow a pass. Like, I'm not yeah. saying that, like, we need to fire Morrow. I give Morrow a pass for the rest Absolutely. of his life. But uh, I just, like, that's my one thing with the commentary. I'm like, oh, sure, just tone it down just a little bit, Morrow. Just a but little I, bit. But I didn't, I didn't, I mean, I think, I know he's, I know he's a really, I think he's a great sports announcer. I didn't like him in, I didn't like him in sports entertainment because of a lot of that. But again, I, I can admit he's good. But once I saw that, and understand how his mind works and how he has to come up with these things to keep his mind sane. I then I, I was like, all right, cool, man. I get it. Have have at it, brother. Do you, please. If you got to give you. me, you got to give me a million Lady Gaga and Cardi B memes or, or anecdotes. I'll take it. Do I you just want you here? I just want you here. Yeah. Um, no, that that's that's totally fair. Totally fair. Uh, tell the people where they can find you, brother. All right, you can find me on Twitter at Dr. S'mores. You can also find our missing brother Carl, hashtag bring Carl back, um, on Twitter at OutsiderCurvin. As always, he has the best Twitter of the three of us, so if you're going to follow anybody, follow Carl. Hey, I have a hell of a retweet, I have a hell of a retweet game. Oh, this Twitter. is true. This is true. You will, you will spread the shine. Um, yeah, follow me at It's Ray Cash, R-E-Y as in Mysterio, C-A-S-H as in Dollars. Follow the show at Outsiders Edge SS. Follow the brand at Social Suplex. Social Suplex Podcast Network, wherever you can find or listen to uh, podcasts. Also, don't forget, we are also a member of the Chair Shot Radio Network. And what do you do, Kyle? Well, you always use your head. Uh, yes. So, ChairShot.com, at TheChairShot.com, at ChairShot Radio. Um, which is also my other show with Mr. Christopher Platt. Um, so follow that. Take a look at that. Um, yeah, man. Uh, Column's coming from me and Kyle, me and Carl. Y'all's names too fucking similar. Me and Carl eventually. I apologize for nothing. 
fair enough. Fair enough. Um, that's that's all I needed to hear. <laughs> um, yeah, follow follow everybody on all the shows on Social Suplex, all the shows on Chair Shot Podcast Network. Uh, yeah, man, we out here doing work. Um, trying to give you this good content. It's a crazy couple of weeks in wrestling. We have Evolution. We have Crown Jewel. We have Survivor Series coming up. Um, everything is happening. It major turns. Uh, and through it all, man. At the end of the day, we're just a couple of young brothers out here doing the best that we can, working every day, living our lives, and we're chasing after our dreams. So if we said anything today that made you feel some type of way or got you all angry and salty and pissed in your happy juice, we just want you to know that we're just out here following our dreams, and you've got to respect that. But if you don't, we don't give a fuck. Thanks for listening. Thanks, ladies and gentlemen. Have a good one.